We're live in three, two... Welcome in to Leather Brains, all you dirty old brainiacs, and welcome to the end of week one. And what a incredible, heartbreaking, devastating, tear-filled week one it was for many people. For those of you who lost your fantasy football games this week, I am truly sorry and saddened to hear it. I am your host, Slapdog, and I am here today with none other than my boy, Yeti. Yeti. Happy Wednesday, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, man. We're here to turn those frowns around and put some dubs in the column this week, baby. Let's get ready for week two, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's uh, the game script could go any any crazier to start off week one. So we have a lot to discuss. Of course, the Aaron Rodgers news, and we'll get into that here in just a moment. Uh, But then we also we have a lot to talk about for fantasy football. This is what we're here for. This is what we're here to do. And we need to bring some content as far as that's concerned. So today we're going to be kind of updating everybody on what's going on, getting prepped for week two. But we're also going to be talking about some risers and fallers. I don't think fallers a word. I'm not sure. But fantasy players that have risen to the occasion for week one, as well as fantasy players that have kind of fallen out of contention at the end of week one and or could be on the hot seat. So we're going to talk about that. And then we have brainiac questions to all of the brainiacs out there. So let's talk about it, Yeti. Let's talk about week two prep. So in week two, we don't have Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. And I don't know if you can still hear me because you're kind of frozen on my screen. Can you hear me, Yeti? Yes, we're good. We're good. Here. Okay. So, Aaron Rodgers, of course, as I mentioned, is no longer with us. He might be dead, All right, uh, but at the very least, he he does not have his Achilles, and that is problematic for him, as well as the Jets. He tore his Achilles four snaps into the game on Monday. He is now, unfortunately, out for the season. You know, this is uh, one of those situations where I hate to be right, but <laughs> I said he would be struggling behind that offensive line, and unfortunately for four, the four plays that he was in, Boy, was he scrambling, and there goes that Achilles. So, not great, obviously. Um, I I kind of wonder if this is going to be the end of him, though. I mean, he's 38, or is he? No. Yeah, he's 38 years old. Torn Achilles, they typically take a year plus to recover from. Do you think this is the end of Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. He he said he posted on on Instagram today and said um, the dark is always the darkest before it's light. Some crap like that, like a like like a Batman saying. And uh, no, I don't I don't think this is the end of, of Aaron Rodgers. And Robert Salah had even said, came out today and said, I would be shocked if Rodgers retires after this. So. I think he's going to be back next year. Obviously, an Achilles injury is no joke. J.K. Dobbins is facing the same thing again. And this is, but Aaron Rodgers is an MVP quarterback. He is getting older, and that is going to be a difficult recovery for him. It's unfortunate. I, you know, I had the Jets. I, I have been very vocal on this podcast that I think the Jets were going to win that division. This, this one singular injury has now shifted my narrative. I think it's the Dolphins. I think it's going to be the Dolphins. But I'm going to tell you what, Yeti. Jets defense is no joke. And the Jets played pretty well to complete out that game, even without Aaron Rodgers. So obviously they beat the Bills. Very tough look. It's tough for anybody who drafted Garrett Wilson. Because what do you, I mean, what do you do with him now? If you own Garrett Wilson in a redraft format, what do you do with him? I mean, you have to hold him at this point and you have to pray that he has wide receiver one upside because basically what you have with Zach Wilson at the helm is you have Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver two, and he might even be a flex play depending on the matchup, right? If he goes up against the Bills um, or if he goes up against the Patriots, somebody with a tough secondary, then you're like, okay, do I start? Garrett Wilson and that's not because he's not a talented person but just because Zach Wilson is throwing him the ball the splits with Zach Wilson at the helm have been terrible for Garrett Wilson I mean he's averaged only six targets per game 48 yards per game and less than 0.1 of a touchdown the only touchdown that he's had with Zach Wilson was on Monday night 
So <laughs> Gross. it's not great for Garrett Wilson's upside, but I don't think you need to bench him right away. Just it's going to be very matchup dependent going forward. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, you were completely accurate. I think he now, he went from a, a potential wide receiver one for your team to a flex consideration, which is really unfortunate for those that drafted him, especially where his ADP is at, because that makes it that much more difficult to find success for fantasy football because you drafted him in the third round, the fourth round. And that's, that's tough to come back from, but it is what it is. The the jets have also come out and said that while, you know, Robert Slaw has said, this is Zach Wilson's team. However, the jets are also shopping around for some veteran quarterbacks. They're in a bad spot. The jets are in a really bad spot offensively, and this does not help them. They had a lot riding on Aaron Rodgers and four plays in, obviously, um, the whole narrative is well we we have the quarterback we drafted 3 years ago who's not that good but that's all we got so mm-hmm. very unfortunate for that entire situation and look here's the thing yeti i'm not a jets fan i'm not an aaron rodgers fan i'm a fan of competition there's a lot of drama that was involved the the dramatics of this whole thing and the theatrics that have gone on with the jets hard knocks went there i was it was exciting it was something that while i'm not a fan of this team whatsoever I'm a fan of the theatrics that have ensued thus far. And for it to come out like this is just a huge bummer for me as just a fan of the competition and a fan of the sport itself, because I wanted to see what they could do with a good quarterback. We had said this last season, Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback, also an old quarterback. And like you mentioned, he struggled with health and here we are. So very unfortunate news for the Jets as well as Aaron Rodgers. Speedy recovery, my friend, and and we'll see if uh, he ends up on the gridiron next year. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley has told reporters that Austin Eckler is dealing with an ankle injury. I think this is uh, not a surprise to me. I think if you were surprised by this, you didn't see how much uh, Joshua Kelly got involved, which we might talk about here in a little bit. But Joshua Kelly was kind of a backup for, um, for Austin Eckler. And Joshua Kelly was working to this offense. It is worth noting that Isaiah Spiller was a healthy scratch this week, which is why Joshua Kelly saw, I think, the 15 touches that he did. Joshua Kelly was a big waiver wire target this week. Were you targeting him in any in any of your leagues, Yeti? Yeah, I think he's he's going to be starting this week, honestly. And I say that because um, this Chargers coaching staff, they've come out and said that they want Austin Eckler healthy towards the end of the season. They need him to win those games late in the season. And so what's the rush of saying, hey, get back out there for week two when you have Joshua Kelly, who just averaged five yards per carry last week against Miami. So this guy, he's efficient. He's getting the job done. And I think Joshua Kelly should have been the waiver wire darling in all of your leagues, honestly. Over someone like Puka Nuka or... It's not Nuka, but that's what we're calling him on this podcast. So I just want to premise that Uh, you think over Puka Nuka and or Kyron Williams, Kelly should have been the the guy to grab. I do. I do. And not that I have anything against Puka Nuka, but if if Cup comes back, his role is going to be very diminished. And I think people are kind of ignoring Tutu Atwell, who's also been in this offense for three years now, who had success last year with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. Uh, Matt Stafford, he he came out last week and he looked good. I mean, it's week one, but he looked good. He didn't look like he was recovering from any elbow injuries or anything. And I think once Cooper Cup comes back, Puka is going to take a back seat. We're going to see Van Jefferson out there still, and we're going to see Tutu out there, whereas Puka was filling the Cooper Cup role. And it is worth noting, I and I just bring this up just because I Puka Nuka went for sixty nine out of a hundred Fab dollars in our league this week. Uh, I don't know if it was partially a 69 joke, which I'm here for. And I love that. Um, But that's a lot of money to be spending on week one on a wide receiver while the star is going to be coming back. So I was kind of surprised by that. I think Joshua Kelly is an interesting ad. I I am curious to see what happens when Isaiah Spiller is also healthy. He's the RB. Him and Kelly were fighting back and forth for a the backup running back to Austin Eckler, but Spiller was out last week. So I I just premise by saying that you could see a a world in which those, those attempts go down. His usability on the field goes down because they're splitting that, that, that backfield between Spiller and Kelly. So just something to monitor. Um, But it looks like Eckler 
potentially could be benched this week. I mean, why risk your star in week two? You know what I mean? Let let him get healthy and let's see what he does. Speaking of stars, Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson is expected to be sidelined a few weeks with a hamstring injury. I just want to bring that up because um, where was George Pickens? Yeah. George Pickens was nowhere to be found. It was uh, Allen Robinson led the wide receiver room for that Steelers offense this last week, which was incredibly surprising. He was George Pickens was one of the the uh, the darlings of the Steelers wide receiver room going into fantasy football drafts for many people this year. And week one did not really attest to his success. So just want to note that it looks like, you know, maybe if you have George Pickens shares, you can feel a little bit more comfortable potentially throwing him in a flex or wide receiver two role. But I want to see this offense a little bit more. Allen Robinson at 30 years old, leading that wide receiver room is a little scary to me. So let's, uh, I don't know how you feel about it or if you want to inject anything there. You know, your question mark was George Pickens. Well, mine is where's freaking Fryermuth at? This was the tight end that a lot of people took in the ninth or 10th round that are saying, okay, he probably has, you know, top five upside every week, but yet he only had four targets and one catch last week. Um, I don't know how much stock we need to put in the 49ers defense from last week, but it it was kind of discouraging to see Muth only get the four targets when johnson went out so well and it is worth noting that darnell washington was also utilized in this offense as well he's the rookie tight end that they drafted i want to say in the second round he saw 38 percent of the the snap count and the muth saw 51 percent. so i i'm a little concerning i mean it and you know the 49ers obviously ran away with this game so i don't want to read too much into it for week one but there is a world in which both of these guys are going to be on the field and that really diminishes their fantasy value. So I think we, we still need to play it safe. We need to take some deep breaths and let's see how this offense continues to progress. But the Muth, while a great tight end could potentially not be on the field as much and that could impact him for fantasy football. So uh, while we're talking about tight ends, Denver tight end Greg Dulcich is going to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. These are indications that this is the same hamstring that he injured last week season this is somewhat problematic greg dulcich looks great when he's on the field but he's starting to have these hamstring issues that are starting to impact his his time on the field they did last year now they're doing the same thing again what do you do here i mean is dulcich a drop for you in most formats and you just go back to the waiver wire is that kind of how you're looking at him i think so um adam troutman was a tight end zone for denver last week who surprisingly had five targets he tied he was tied for first on the team with targets last week. So um, if you're if you're starting Dulcich for whatever reason, I hope your league is like 16 teams or something. But if you need a tight end, go get Adam Troutman. He's probably sitting on your waiver wire. Um, and he's a guy that's going to continue to benefit with Judy out too. So I like Troutman for a, a short fill-in. If, you, if you're in a pinch, that's all I'll say. Let's look at just some tight ends that are currently on the board right now um, in a 10-team league. Sorry, I'm pulling this up here. I was uh, not in the correct location. Um, okay, tight ends. Uh, Tyler Higby, Juan Johnson, Troutman, like you mentioned, Zach Ertz, potentially. What do you think about that? I mean, Ertz was on the field for the Cardinals a lot last week, and he saw 70% of, 77% of the snap count and 10 targets from Joshua Dobbs. So he is only 13% rostered at the moment. You going to grab Zach Ertz right this minute? Like I said, if I'm in a pinch, yeah, go for it. Um, I don't hate it. Okay. Uh, moving on green Bay running back. Aaron Jones might miss some time with a hamstring strain that he suffered late in the game Sunday. Very unfortunate news. I mean, Aaron Jones, he looked like Aaron Jones of late. He was doing the same thing that Aaron Jones did last year. I think if anything, you still got AJ Dillon, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, you're definitely going to have to look for a, a backup running back and or, you know, hopefully you would have some people stashed on your bench, but something to watch out for because if Aaron Jones isn't around and you, if you own it, uh, AJ Dillon, play him. He's a lock for me. Yep. Especially going against this Atlanta defense. I think he has a great matchup going into week two and he's going to have that RB one upside this week. So fire up your AJ Dillon stocks if you have them. Okay, and what about Kenny G, the Eagles running back, Kenneth Gainwell, the saxophone man himself? He's got a rib problem. He did not practice 
uh, yesterday, and it has been reported that he will now be out for Thursday night's game. That's kind of uh, a lot of people were picking him. I mean, he was another waiver wire darling this week. He was somebody that a lot of people were going to grab. Yikes. And here's the yeah. thing with Kenny G. And and I don't I, I'm curious to pick your brain on this. I wasn't interested because as we know, Jalen Hurts has absolutely no issue running the ball. And that's that is their first running back. The other issue that I think a lot of people really aren't realizing is that Rashad or Rashad White, I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell is not the only running back for that team. Right. He saw a lot of the workload last week, but their uh their other running back whose name is currently escaping me for whatever Austin reason. Scott or DeAndre Swift. No, DeAndre Swift, but they had they also have um Rashad Penny, mm-hmm. who Rashad Penny didn't play this last week, but they gave Rashad Penny a one year deal, right? So Rashad Penny, when he's healthy, which is like three games out of every NFL season, he's very dominant. And Rashad Penny, of course, didn't start the season healthy. Because what's new for Rashad Penny? But when he gets healthy, he's probably going to be on the field. We didn't see DeAndre Swift last week, but I, I'm not concerned by that. Obviously, I, I don't own any shares of DeAndre Swift, so I'm not concerned about that at all. But are you? Would you be concerned if you own DeAndre Swift right now? Um, I mean, I think Kenny G is the one that we kind of need to talk about here because he was on a lot of people's waiver wires and he was a key ad for a lot of people this this week. And I think while his volume was great this past week and week one, this is Philadelphia. They like having a committee of running backs, as you're alluding to, with Boston Scott, DeAndre Swift. And they do have Penny, who was a healthy scratch last week. Um, I think this backfield, it just it gets muddy uh, even more with Gainwell being out. And I don't really know who you can trust in this backfield. Even if Gainwell was healthy this week, I don't see him getting 14 carries consistently um because like i you know it's just a committee approach going forward with this backfield and as you kind of said too, jalen hurts he's gonna take the ball on the goal line situations and take those cds away so i would have just faded this backfield if i were looking for a running back but sorry to all those guys who uh went out and got gainwell on the waiver wire this today yeah and you know this with him not playing this week, they might be rolling with the hot hand. And now you just maybe wasted some potential fab and or a waiver claim on a guy who now is kind of worthless moving forward. So we'll see. I'm not saying drop him because if you already spent the money, you might as well just hold on for dear life and see what you're going to get out of this. But I'm not holding my breath that the Eagles are going to have a consistent running back room where you can count on somebody for fantasy, like you mentioned. So, Amen. all right, that's it for the week two prep. Let's talk about our risers and fallers. Yeti, so the the old verbiage that is stated is, what is it, like a tide lifts all storms, rising tides lift all storms. So let's talk okay. about some risers and some pitfalls. And I want to play this. the ocean so now i feel like going to sleep i didn't want soothing we got a show to do my friend we can't we can't be sleeping yet but i think a lot of people have been sleeping see what i did there on james cook so let's talk about james cook he's a riser for me yeti and if you're not paying attention to what james cook did this last week i don't think you you deserve to be playing fantasy football because james cook was the man to own for the bills aside from Stefan Dix. I, I mean, it, like for running backs, James cook was somebody who a lot of people were down on this off season. And I was very, very excited for what James cook provided in week one. Saw 72% of the running back touches 59% snap share and a 50% route participation. He also had a touchdown that wasn't a touchdown because Josh Allen underthrew him by just a little bit. If he would have thrown it a little bit farther, there was a decent chance James Cook's wheel route could have been a touchdown. So very easy riser for me. I don't know how you feel about that. Man, this is a guy that you've been touting for the past two years. So I'm glad to see it finally come to fruition <laughs> a little bit this year. And I don't have to hear it. Every you can day, see but, it. Yeah, I can see it. Yep, exactly. Um, no, I think the the upside is great with James Cook. Um, it's just the usage is great, but this week was rough, right? Because they went up against the Jets defense, who is very stout. 
And I think going forward, when James Cook gets those easier matchups, you're going to see him put up high RB1 numbers because he is seeing the targets out of the backfield. He's seeing the the rushing attempts. So, you know, hopefully he stays healthy as the season goes on. But the volume for week one, elite, elite stuff. So I think going forward, you're, you're locking him in, man. And I think, you know, we talk about dynasty on here, too. I think he's a great add. I don't know what he's going for right now as far as dynasty picks go, but he's 23 years old. He's on an explosive offense that can get to the red zone and he's going to get those touches in the red zone. So I like him, like him quite a bit. I like him as well. I mean, you've heard you, you mentioned it. You've, you've heard me talk about it probably too often that I like James Cook. I think James Cook is going to be great. James Cook, you have to hold him and you have to wait for that production to come. And it's, if, if week one is any indication of that, Yeti, I'm, I'm very excited for the future of this young man because it's finally his backfield to own and the opportunity is there for him. So realistically, he just he can't fuck it up. And as you mentioned, they were playing one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. So I, I'm not going to write and for him to get double digit points in week one. I'll take it. Let's see him continue to cook. And that was a pun that was well intended. So next up here is uh, Michael Pittman. Let's talk about Michael Pittman for a moment. I I need to apologize to you, Yeti. Yeah, I need to apologize. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. I apologize. Michael Pittman in week one was usable. He was very usable, and he honestly, I gotta tip my hat to Anthony Richardson. Yep, I do. I, Anthony Richardson was the best rookie on the field for for the court out of the three out of the three quarterbacks. He was the best rookie on the field by and large. Anthony Richardson looked great. He played a very good game. I also got to tip my hat to St. Shane Steichen, his head coach, because he knew what he was getting in Anthony Richardson. He knew how to coach him. And this is week one, so I'm not trying to over-exaggerate, but this there's big things for this guy to come. I really do believe that. And for him to get eight catches to Michael Pittman out of 11 targets is absolutely exceptional. Michael Pittman finished with almost 20 fantasy points. Michael Pittman got a touchdown and Michael Pittman almost had a hundred yards in his, with a rookie quarterback debuting. So I, Michael Pittman, he's a riser for me. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was a riser for me before the season started. And I think, you know, he's even more on up and up from here. Um, as we saw in the preseason with the Colts, Shane Steichen has kind of taken a college approach to Anthony Richardson, which I think was very smart. They got the the Colts playing with a lot of pace. They have him playing with hurry up, so defenses can't get set up. And they have Anthony Richardson on the run. So he's he's um, you know, that's where he's comfortable at with his legs. But now with the, uh Michael Pittman, he, uh Anthony Richardson is targeting him, targeting him right away. First read. Michael Pittman, if it's not open, I'm going to tuck it and fucking run it. So Michael Pittman, before the season started, or in in redraft formats, he was going as wide receiver 28. And I think if he continues to see this volume, I don't see how he finishes outside the top 20. And I don't hate the schedule for the Colts. They have some difficult games. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, they play Houston this week. That's great. They play the Panthers twice. Like, there's, there's good... There's good feelings coming off that for for fantasy football purposes. Excuse me. They play the Panthers once. They play Texans twice. Um, They they have a a schedule in which I think there's fantasy football usage for Michael Pittman on a pretty consistent basis. They do have some difficult challenges ahead of them. But overall, I think that's good, especially for Anthony Richardson. I think this is great. Let's get him, you know, acclimated to the NFL. Let's not get him in against the 49ers and the Jets and some defenses that are going to be very difficult. Let's get him acclimated with Houston. And the Jaguars, and and I mean the the Colts could have won this game, so it, it was it was a good game. I'm excited for Anthony Richardson and Michael Pittman. I think was a huge beneficiary of uh, finally getting a quarterback that might be able to get him the ball, and they're hyper targeting him. So good for him. Oh, Yeti, what about Mac Jones? What about Mac Jones? Is he is he a pitfall or a riser for you, my friend? So Mac Jones, I'm trying to pull up my notes here. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Um, Mac Jones, he is a riser for me. Um, who would have thought that getting Mac Jones an actual offensive coordinator would have 
benefited him who, who mm. would have thought you know i don't i don't think it takes me or you to you know realize that but i'm not hey, a smart guy but it makes sense yeah 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 you know uh let's turn a defensive coordinator into an offensive coordinator for a season and see how that goes <laughs> well that's what happened last year with matt patricia and the patriots uh, he completely ruined mac jones last season but in comes bill o'brien to save mac jones and boy he looked good I don't know if you had a chance to watch him versus the Eagles last week, but he looked really good. He was spreading the ball around to all the targets. He was spreading the ball around to the running backs, and he was making all the right reads. Um, he looked like a completely different guy than he was last year, and I think that has to do a lot to do with how comfortable he is with this offense. Um, Mac Jones, he wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues, and if you own him in a dynasty league, you're kind of you know benching him and just hoping that he would go off. Well, I think he's a guy that you want on your team consistently if you have a you know dynasty superflex, and if you're looking for a streamer option, I think Mac Jones is a lock to play um, because he has a volume there, and he I think this this offense is going to be a hell of a lot better going forward. So, with that in mind, how do you feel about Jacoby Meyer? Because Jacoby Meyer was another one of those guys that was kind of a waiver wire target this week. And Jacoby, or not Jacoby Myers, excuse me. Um, I'm losing it, man. It is Kendrick Bourne, excuse me. Kendrick Bourne was one of those guys who was a, a waiver wire target. I was thinking, I, I don't pay attention much to the Patriots wide receivers because I haven't expected much production out of them. So I apologize. But Kendrick Bourne, he was one of those guys who was a big waiver wire target this week. He saw 11 targets and uh, six catches. So. I mean, do you think that we might be able to finally trust those wide receivers and I can learn all of their names for the Patriots? Like, is that is that within the realm of possibility for this Patriots offense is fantasy usage? Yeah, Kendrick Bourne is a guy to kind of watch out for. But I want to preface this by saying that Devontae Parker was out. He was out for week one. So Kendrick Bourne's targets were kind of I think they're um, a little too high. I don't expect him to see double digits or eight to, you know, eight to 10 targets a game. He's probably going to be in that low to four to six targets per game. But what I, what I did see from him, I liked a lot. It's just we need to temper our, our expectations a little bit, especially with Devontae Parker's schedule to come back. So, sure. Yeah. I tried to add him while Parker's out, but stay away when Parker comes back. Hunter Henry is one of those guys too, that if you're, if you're looking for a tight end, he's only 31% rostered. He did see six targets last week. It's kind of been sporadic though. Mac Jones has, I mean, they've been playing together since Mac Jones was a rookie and the tight end usage with Hunter Henry, some weeks it's great. Some weeks it's not. He did see a touchdown this week and actually Hunter Henry's currently the tight end one on the season, which is insane. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I know. What are we doing? But uh, just something to note, if you're looking for a tight end, I don't hate that grab, especially like you mentioned if earlier in the show, Dulcich. If you if you need a tight end to kind of replace him and Hunter Henry's there, I wouldn't hate that ad. So uh, let's move on to Khalil Herbert, Yeti. What are you uh, what are you thinking about him? Is he a rise or a fall? Because this Bears running back room looked like it was kind of in a three man committee. Yep, he is a pitfall for me, I guess, as we're going on here. Um, Khalil Herbert is a guy that I tried to roster as much as I could um, in redraft leagues and dynasty leagues because I, I thought he had a lot of upside as being the sole running back for Chicago, but. I know the, the script wasn't in Chicago's favor this, this past week against Green Bay, but it was not great to see Khalil Herbert in a three-man rotation, basically. Even before the blowout happened in Chicago, he was splitting with four men, which is not great to see for Khalil Herbert. Um, he has one more year left on his contract, so it's not like they owe him big money or anything. And they drafted Roshan Johnson, who is one of the three men in the committee so i think they want to see what they have with johnson who took the 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 reins in the second half and he kind of ran with it i think that could be a sign of things that come for cleo herbert so unfortunately he's one of my misses you know in redrafts and he's one of those guys that i want you all to stay away from uh, would you be dropping Khalil herbert right now for somebody like um joshua kelly <sighs> Like if Joshua Kelly's sitting there on the waiver wire, would you? Okay, I would. I would agree. I I would agree. I think if if because like you mentioned, here's the other thing too, and and we really haven't delved into this at all. Is the Bears in general did not look like what we were hoping that they were going to look like is from an offensive perspective at all. So the Packers really had their way with the Bears, and and the Bears offense did not look great. So 
I, yeah, I would probably take Kelly, especially because Eckler is getting. A, and I, I'm we don't root for injuries here, but Eckler's Eckler's not a young sprout anymore. And he over the years he has had a little bit of aches and pains and situations in which they kind of pull him out. And like you mentioned, they want him to stay healthy. So Kelly would be an own for me, and then you know potentially Isaiah Spiller. I'm not going to say hit the hit the the grab button on him but he's somebody to certainly watch as we mentioned earlier so i think those two guys have a lot more upside than cleo herbert would at this i point. agree i agree uh what about tyler algier he's one of those guys that i think a lot of people just kind of forgot about he was someone that you know there was a lot of hype riding very high for the old mustard man himself the john robinson and uh tyler algier was one of those guys who just kind of got left by the wayside he was somebody who Everyone's like, well, he's done. But he was a young rookie not too long ago. He's still very young at 23 years old. And he actually played more than Bajan Robinson did this last week with effectiveness. So what are you thinking about Tyler Algier? I like him a lot, man. I, uh, I think I was one of those guys who's guilty for writing him off, which, you know, shame on me. But to see Atlanta run the ball as much as they did with both backs is kind of like, whoa, okay. And the fact that Tyler Aljair had more targets than Drake London as well. Well, you know, that that caught my eye quite a bit. And that's, you know, we we have Drake London on here at the bottom, but I guess we'll we'll just kind of combine them together. Um, Drake London. And like, what do you what are you thinking about Drake London? I, I for one, I kind of want to hit the panic button on him. I think I think you do hit the panic button on him because. While Tyler Algier certainly has value, Drake London saw one target. He did play 90% of the snaps, so he was on the field a lot. But when you're seeing one target for zero catches, you're not producing for fantasy football at all. So he is your, your wide receiver one for the Falcons. But the issue, Yeti, is that the Falcons are going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball a lot, and they have a very good offensive line. So they're going to run the ball often. Not only that, but Desmond Ritter is for all intents and purposes, a rookie quarterback. He's not, but he is. This is his first year where he actually gets to take the reins of the Falcons offense. So I'm treating him as a rookie. What has he done? He has targeted his running backs. He's taken the easy routes. He's taken the things in which don't make it difficult for him. Make it simple. So that's what he's doing. That's what that is what this offense is doing. That is what Arthur Smith is doing. Drake London, I would be hitting the panic button on. Kyle Pitts, and, and there's an argument to be made for Pitts as well. The only difference is, is Kyle Pitts is a tight end. So you don't have to sit there and lose incremental value for fantasy football in your tight end position because you could do the same damn thing on the waiver wire. But when we're talking about wide receivers, you have options. And Drake London, for me, is not one of them. And I, I don't know how you feel about this. No, I agree 100%. If I have Drake London on my dynasty teams, on my redraft leagues, and especially for where I drafted him at, I'm hitting the panic button profusely. Because we saw Atlanta throw the ball 18 times and nine of those targets went to running backs. Running backs, Bajan and Al Jair, they had nine targets. They had 50% of the target share last week, whereas Drake London only had one target. He is their first round wide receiver that can't even crack a 50, you know, a 20% target share on this team, which is very disheartening to see because we all expected Atlanta to throw the ball a little more and maybe they will. But at this point, Drake London is a matchup guy for me, unless we project Atlanta to, you know, to, to lose a game. I'm not rolling London out because the game script is not in his favor. Maybe week five, we five they play the Texans. Maybe they'll get Desmond Ritter some, some target practice in that game, but they play the Packers, the lions and the Jaguars. And so I think they're going to want to try and compete and I don't think they're going to want to turn the ball over. And and I don't think they trust Desmond Ritter enough to throw the ball effectively to be able to do that. So the other argument, and if you want to make the counter argument to this Yeti, is the Falcons could be playing down a lot. Yeah, you know, they played the exactly Panthers week one. Yeah. So if you want to make that argument, that's fair. I think that is a fair argument. They're going to have to throw the ball if they want to try and stay in these games because the Falcons will be down a lot. I don't hate that argument. I just want to see the proof in the pudding before I risk starting Drake London at this point, because after the performances last week, that's where I'm kind of I'm edging on the side of looking for other options. And that's where he becomes a matchup play for me. You know, sure. if they're going up against the Packers in a game where I expect them to throw the ball a lot. OK, Drake London is probably worth a flex spot at that time. But whenever Atlanta's favored in a game. We know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball 30 times and the running backs are going to get all the fucking targets. Yep. So. 
Well, and Tyler Algier, he's a guy. If he if he's sitting on your waivers, he's 79% rostered now. I don't know what people are doing, why he's not like 95% rostered. Those 20, what, 21% of the other leagues are not paying attention. Go get this guy. If he go check and see if he's on your waiver right now, he is somebody you need to add because he has RB2 value pretty consistently if this trend continues. Moving forward, Elijah Moore. Let's talk about him, Yeti. Let's yeah. talk about Elijah Moore. He is one of those guys who fell incredibly deep in most fantasy formats. He's now 72% rostered, but there was he was like round 10, round 11. He was one of those guys I was targeting a lot. And I actually kind of like what we saw from Elijah Moore in week one. Granted, Amari Cooper's there. Granted, Deshaun Watson can move with his legs. But Deshaun, or Elijah Moore is not expensive. But what Elijah Moore did was see 25% of the target share. He only caught three of them. He only caught three. And he was only on the field for 69% of the snaps. But my argument to this is, did you watch the game? Because it was a rain game. It was a hurricane. There was water. Deshaun Watson had a really terrible pick that I'm I'm praying was just the ball slipped because it was wet because there was nobody else but a D-back. And it was looking like some backyard football where he was just like, I'm throwing it to my friend over here. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. But. I think Elijah Moore is a great own for me, and I, I'm curious as to as to what you think, but he's a riser for me. He was the wide receiver, too, for this team, and I was a, a big believer of that. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm not nearly as high on as I am on Elijah Moore. Yep, and I think DPJ is one of those guys that's, unfortunately, he's hurt for Elijah Moore coming into this offense because DPJ was one of those guys who was a wide receiver, too, last year when Amari Cooper was getting blanketed covered or double covered, they'd go to DPJ. But now, unfortunately, he's probably just going to be their vertical guy. Elijah Moore is going to be their their true wide receiver too, and we saw that last week. He ran a, a route on every snap that he was on. Uh, that was second behind David Njoku, which is great news for Elijah Moore owner, owners, and I agree. He is a riser. Um, I think for him, the the – Better days are ahead, obviously, because as you alluded to, week one, a lot of rain. I think going forward, it's going to be Elijah Moore show. I really do. I, I believe that very candidly, and I am excited for this young man. He's only 72% rostered. So if you have not looked, go check and see if Elijah Moore's sitting there because he's somebody that I think I've been screaming from the mountaintops. This guy is severely undervalued. You need to go get him, and here you go. This is your this is this is the last chance because in a regular game where there's not rain, I think you you might be very upset that you didn't grab him. Moving forward, Yeti to Cam Akers. This oh, is a guy I am this is this is this is gonna be a really difficult conversation, I think, for for the both of us. Me especially. I I I can be very honest about that. We hit the panic button on Cam Akers, do you think? Like, is that where we're at with this entire situation? Do we just smash that panic button? On Cammy boy. I hate it's, to say it, man, but it's it's, I'm like hovering right over the panic button and I yeah. don't know what to call him at this point. I don't know if he's a riser or a pitfall, but like I'm very close to hitting the panic button. The only thing that is saving me from doing that is the fact that he saw 22 touches. Yes. That is what excites me. And I get the, the yards per carry was not great for cam makers. But if he is seeing 22 carries consistently. Opportunity. So I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, <laughs> I that was the same thought I had. Cam Akers was one of those guys that were like, hey, this guy's got great opportunity. You need to be drafting Cam Akers. He's going to be there and he's going to be the running back one for this team. Enter Kyron Williams, mm-hmm. who Kyron Williams was on the field more than Cam Akers this last week. Cam Akers only thought, saw 35% of the touches. And we actually have the stat on our, for those of you watching us live on our uh, our show, on our ticker down there, ironically enough, at the same time, we have a stat that I went and dug up that I think is pretty interesting. So Cam Akers only played 28 snaps in week one. 28 total snaps he was on the field. 22 of those snaps he was running the ball. So I say all this as... I want to hit the panic button on him. I really do. My hand is definitely hovering over the button, but I'm going to wait just a, just a maybe one or two more games and just hope and pray that Cam Akers still gets that opportunity and can get it figured out because Cam Akers at the end of last season was very effective and he's not doing it right now. So, so Kyron Williams, the rookie running back for the Rams saw 65% of the snap count. 
and he saw 15 running attempts. So for 52 yards and two touchdowns, I added Kyron Williams in any league that I could to get the insurance of what Cam Akers was for me, as well as a potential running back for the leagues that I didn't have Cam Akers in. There's a potential there. So I went and grabbed Kyron Williams. He was somebody that I am not saying spend all your fab money on. Obviously, the waivers are already over at this point, but Kyron Williams is only 54% rostered right now. So which is mind boggling because I think he went in every single one of our leagues, but we're all vultures in our leagues. So go see if he's there Add him on the, add him on your waiver or add him to your team right now. If you can afford to, because Kyron Williams is one of those guys where I want to set him on my bench. And I want to see how this entire dramatics between Cam Akers and Kyron Williams progresses. You could end up getting a starting running back. And the only thing that we might have to wait and pause on here is the fact that the Rams played the 49ers this week. So it's going to be tough sliding no matter who is a running back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely wait until week three when they play Cincinnati when there should be more running lanes for either one of these backs. But boy, does that panic button look juicy for Cam Akers? It does. It really Sadly. like I, I it, which sucks because I, we have like I mentioned, we've all been pretty, pretty excited for what Cam Akers is and what he could be. So not good to see. Other things that are not good to see is Jameer Gibbs usage for the Lions. Man. So let's talk about him. Is it he, you know, he was one of those guys who's going in the third round in fantasy drafts this year. Jameer Gibbs, is he a riser for you, Yeti? Is he a faller? Is he a guy that's just hanging out? What are your thoughts on Jameer Gibbs? I'm gonna cheat and say he's just one of those guys that's just hanging I, out right yeah, now. Yeah, that's I try I, I try to give you the out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Just yeah. because Gibbs is my guy. No, but honestly, <laughs> I'm not so I know you guys talked about it quite a bit on Monday's episode. But I think this should have been expected. Dan Campbell kind of came into the season and he said, hey, we're going to ease Gibbs into the workload. But we had all these beat writers out here that were saying, oh, Jameer Gibbs is going to do things that we've never seen before. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? You know, listen to the head guy. Right, right. And of, of course, in week one, when he saw the ball, he was great. You guys talked about that at, at, at length. Um, you know, on Monday's episode, he looked great. He looked like the more explosive back. And I, I think better days are ahead for Gibbs. We don't need to quite hesitate yet. It's kind of like a, a rookie wide receiver, if you will. It takes time for them to get adjusted. It takes time for them to see the volume that we expect to see as fantasy owners. So I would kind of let's all take a deep breath. You know, let's do some some yoga. Let's just relax a some little ayahuasca, bit perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go, I uh, hang out with Aaron Rodgers for a bit. On the I couch. mean, what else has he got to do while his body just heals? Jameer Gibbs, like we talked about on Monday's episode, he is somebody that I'm not hitting the panic button on. He looks incredible. You just got to give him some time. The only thing, the only hesitation that I have is the fact that Dan Campbell kind of seems to run that split backfield. So David Montgomery certainly has his usage, but Gibbs looks better. Give it time and let's see how that progresses. All right. Things that haven't progressed is Rashad White's yards per carry. So is he a is he a riser or a faller for you, Yeti? I think this one's pretty apparent, but I'm curious as to your thoughts. He had 17 rushing attempts for a total of 39 yards. Man. That uh, average is 2.3 yards per carry. That is Rashad White. What else do they do though? I don't what do you know do? what to yeah, what, do you do? what do you what do you do? Sean Tucker, maybe they're their rookie running back. Yeah, I guess. I guess, but Rashad uh, Rashad White is good like in space when he has the ball and he's he's catching out of the backfield. But as a true running back, he just can't seem to find the lane. He's kind of like Najee a little bit. Ooh, yeah, that's a I'd say that's a pretty solid comparison, honestly. Um, I'm going to panic. I'm going to panic on Rashad White. Honestly, if he continues to see the workload and he can't do anything about it, the offensive coordinators are going to, you know, they have to make a change. I And I agree with you. I, you know, Sean Tucker, as I mentioned, he's the rookie running back that they drafted this year. He did see. 15% of the snap counts. He saw five carries for 15 yards, and he also was getting worked in the passing game. He caught, he went two for two for nine yards. So nothing incredible, nothing insane, but he was more productive than Rashad White with the touches that he was afforded. So I, I think that there is, you do hit the panic button. Like my hand's not hovering over Rashad White for the panic button. It is hitting the panic button, which is crazy in week one. But like, I don't know where you go from here because Rashad White last year also was not effective yet. 
in most of the games that he played in, it was two yards per carry. Maybe you could get three yards per carry. But most of it, he's very, he was very ineffective on the ground. Where he saw his usage was the passing game, like we mentioned. So he's kind of like Najee in that way, where you know what he doesn't have anymore? He doesn't have Tom Brady sitting back there checking down, throwing the ball. He's got Baker Mayfield. So I, I think you do hit the panic alarm on Rashad White. And and I uh, unfortunately, I, I don't even know what you do moving forward with him because you're not going to be able to sell him for what you want. So maybe you just wait till he has a good week. And then you if he has a good week, I guess, and then try and sell him there and sell mine. And it's like, what do you do if you own him at this point, too? Because the usage is there, right? But it's like and you probably drafted him in the, you know, in the eighth maybe even sooner round than the eighth yeah. round. So you're depending on him to be your RB two or your, your flex play. It's like, what do you, what do you do? Do you, yeah. just, can you slot him in for I, another week? I think, that, you know, and where you drafted him, what is like seventh round, eighth round, probably yeah. somewhere around there. So you pray that he's your RB three, I guess is what I would say to most people, which is really not good advice. Cause there's nothing to gain from that, but you hope he's your, your running back three and you can flex him and or bench him. And if you count on him as an RB2, you just pray gets a touchdown. I think it's kind of where you're at. I think better days might be ahead, you know, this week against the Bears. If, Perhaps. if we continue to see this, uh, you Perhaps. know, two yards per carry, we might the, be uh, praying hey, the Bucks don't have an easy schedule. for uh, Sean Tucker. <laughs> I mean, towards the end of the year, they have a, a much more favorable schedule. But, I mean, they play week three, and I'll just go from week three to week eight. Eagles, Saints, bye week, Lions, Falcons, Buffalo. So there's there's some tough sledding ahead in some of these areas. The Lions are no slouch, obviously. Um, the Saints aren't a slouch, and the Eagles aren't a slouch. So it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. DJ Moore, let's talk about him. Oh god. The guy who has been in three out of the last five seasons been allowed to have eleven hundred yards receiving. He's had a new quarterback. I think every single year he has been in the league and still found success. And he has found a new quarterback yet again over at the Bears with Justin Field. He went two for two for 25 yards. Their wide receiver won. And it's not me hitting the panic button on DJ Moore as, a, as an athlete or a player, but it's do we hit the panic alarm on him for fantasy football because he's tied to Justin Fields? Yes. And I say this because the game script was perfect for DJ Moore last week. Chicago was throwing the ball. They threw the ball 34 times because they had to. And yet here's DJ Moore out here getting two targets for two catches. He's behind Darnell Mooney. He's behind Cole Komet. He's behind the running backs and the targets, man. Like uh, Justin Fields, I understand he did not look great in week one, but he wasn't even looking DJ Moore's way and he couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards. That's, that's what I was going to ask. Moore you. Was, is that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, DJ Moore is that deep threat wide receiver that he that's what he's known for is being able to yeah. stretch the field. Yep. Do we not think Justin Fields can throw the ball that far and or accurately? <laughs> I mean, that's that is that is the question we have to ask right now is. Do is our hand hovering over the the panic button on DJ Moore, or do we just press it right now? I'm panicking. Okay, I, I'm dead on panicking. Especially, I don't think we're gonna get a game as favorable as last week, where the, mm -hmm. the game script is gonna be in favor of Chicago throwing the ball 34 times. Okay, then we panic. I'll I'll ride with you. I am certainly the only thing that I like is DJ Moore was on the field 92 percent of the snaps. I mean, if you want to look at it, if we're trying to find some sort of light at the end of this really shady, disgusting, mold-filled tunnel, that's what it is. Because DJ Moore did not get the ball. And that's yeah. problematic for him. So, and, and you know, my, my next question before we move on to our next person, do the Bears hit the panic button on Justin Fields? Do we actually start looking at Justin Fields as a quarterback and we say, he's not our guy? Is that, is that like, I, where, where do you lie on that? Let's I say we give it a few more weeks, give it a few more weeks. If we don't see any more growth out of his arm or his decision making, then yes, I think we are going to have discussions about the Bears trading to get one of the Cardinals first two picks next year or Kyler Murray. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> running back Najee Harris. We kind of talked about it or we mentioned him rather just a moment ago. 
I just feel gross, man. This whole list has kind of been like we started off. Good, I know. We've just gone straight. I know. Into we have to bring pitfall the, or the negative, sad truth to all the brainiacs out there I'm about sorry, some of these guys. players. One of them being Najee Harris, a guy who was going in the second round, a guy that I was very adamant about staying away from again. He went third round, actually. But I he was somebody that I didn't want to draft. He was my do not draft guy. He has been my do not draft guy. And going into week one, you got 4.3 points out of him. Congratulations to everybody that drafted Najee Harris in the third round. And not only was he the inefficient back that we all know and love, he was splitting carries with Jalen Warren, which, you know, is a riser. That, we kind of alluded to that happening in the in the offseason a little bit with Jalen Warren. But my God, it was a true 50-50 split, which is not what you want to see out of your your round, your third round pick. Um, and the Steelers offense, I get they were playing the 49ers, but they couldn't do a damn thing. Like the no. offensive line looked bad. Kenny Pickett looked bad. This Allen Robinson just, sitting on the waiver wire looked good. Yeah, that was about it. But uh, you you hit the panic button on Najee. Yes. Okay, yep, good. I am. I'm glad. Thank you. I didn't want your hand to hover. We smashed the panic I'm button. I'm smashing that shit. Good. And I'm going to tell you right now, for anybody who is listening, go get Jalen Warren. He's 49% rostered. You might have a free running back in a couple weeks because Jalen Warren was better than Najee. And in fact, Jalen Warren was actually out-targeted than Najee was, which is somewhat surprising because Najee has prototypically been known in, as the pass-catching-down guy. So... Go get Jalen Warren, stash him because he's going to see he there is an argument that we have been making, like you mentioned, Yeti, all offseason that Jalen Warren is going to be the running back for the Steelers. That's kind of that dark horse guy that's going to get involved. Running backs are hard to come by. And when one's sitting on the waiver wire that you could potentially actually start, you need to grab him. So go grab Jalen Warren. He is uh, he's the guy that I would want. And Najee Harry, Najee Harry, Najee Harris <laughs> is the guy that I would not. So. Uh, let's move on from from Najee. We got some questions, Yeti, and then we're going to get the hell out of here. So I don't have the mail time segment, so we're going to have to rely on Scotty to get that going on uh, on the audio. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! <laughs> All right, there we go. There's Perfect. our question. Nailed it. Nailed All right, it. first question comes from Kyle, 856-84197. Please change your handle. I love you. Thank you for your question, but uh, it was a lot to read. He says, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones this week. What are you doing, Yeti? Uh, if I have to pick between the two, it's got to be Zay Jones. And I, I think uh, after week one, Christian Kirk has been demoted to wide receiver three in this offense. Uh, you look at the routes ran between the three, you know, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk only ran 63% of uh, his routes, whereas Zay Jones was running 94% of the routes when he was on the field. Not only that, but Zay Jones had a bigger target share than Christian Kirk. We see 22% target share versus a 9% target share. And I'm obviously, it's week one. I get it. But the snaps don't lie. And Zay Jones was on the field a lot more than Christian Kirk in the one-two sets. Um, the only time we really saw Christian Kirk was on three wide receiver looks. And that's not great. Not great for Christian no. Kirk in real life or in fantasy. So give me Zay Jones. Agreed. I'll take Zay as well. Next question comes from Can't Stop, Won't Stop 88. Appreciate the question, brother. Love you. Uh, he asks Raheem Mostert or Brees Hall this week? This one's kind of gross. One, it could be really easy because I saw Mostert didn't practice this week. Um, so monitor that situation, obviously. If he is in, though, um, I would I would I still got, I would lean him just because I, yeah, so would I. the Jets are playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys. This week. And, if and the Cowboys, we saw what happened yikes. against the Giants last week. It's, it's not great. Brees Hall is splitting with Dalvin Cook and Zach Wilson is at the helm. Sorry to Brees Hall owners. I'm going with Mostert here this week. Yeah, I'd also play Mostert this week. I own Brees Hall in a couple leagues, and I'm actually trying to pivot away from that Cowboys defense. And the other thing to note, too, is Brees Hall looked great. Congratulations to Brees Hall. He came back from this injury, and he looked wonderful, aside from the fact that he's probably not as conditioned as he needs to be to finish that touchdown that he had that he broke yeah. for. Like Whoever did his ACL needs like a, a big pay raise, for sure. They do. I, I, I was very scared of Reese Hall going into the season because I didn't think he'd be ready. He just needs to probably get on the treadmill and run a couple miles a day. But aside from that, 
He looked wonderful. He looked at absolutely exactly what you wanted from Brees Hall. But Dalvin Cook's still there. And and I do think that they're going to continue to use Dalvin Cook. They got him on a one-year deal. Why not bruise the guy that you paid the money for? So Cook's still going to be involved in this offense, but Hall absolutely looked like the better running back. So give me Mostert, though. I don't like the Cowboys defense. I feel like they are going to give Zach Wilson a lot of trouble. So yeah, and then we got Danny Dimes or Derek Carr. Yes, I so know it, my boy uh, can't stop as a Raiders fan. So he I, is. Uh, so he asked, does he play Daniel Jones versus the Cardinals this week, or Derek Carr versus the Panthers this week? Oh man, it's got to be Carr. It's got to be Carr. It's got to be Carr. Is right? It, is it just because you're a Raiders fan too now, or what? No, no, no. I did not <laughs> say that. No, I. Uh, here's the thing. We had a conversation about it on on uh, Monday's show. I am a, I'm a Cardinals fan. For anybody that is this is a shocker, welcome to the show. I'm sad. I'm depressed, and I do think the Giants will win this game. But yep. Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Joshua Dobbs. So I think that they're going to be playing down, and Daniel Jones is not going to be throwing the ball as much. And I think the run game could be effective. And even Saquon, Saquon's going to be great but they might actually pull him early if they win this game, if they kind of get a lead going in this game. So I don't, I don't know. I, I would probably play car. I think that game could be a little bit more fun. I think car is going to throw the ball more. And I think that you're going to get more usability out of him. We might need to pull this then because I'm going Daniel Jones. And the okay. reason I'm going Daniel Jones here is because of his rushing upside. You sure. know, he had 43 rushing yards last week against Dallas, and he probably would have had more if they didn't take sack yardage off of his stat line. But he was running the ball quite a bit on design quarterback carries, which is I love to see, obviously, from a fantasy quarterback. So I'm going to go Daniel Jones. Um, I'm hoping we'll that they just fucking run it up on the Cardinals as like a revenge game or not revenge game, but like a get right game after last week Thank because you. that whole offense looks sloppy Thank and not you, not because so i hate kind. the cardinals but you're too kind to me i'm sorry buddy it's fine i uh, i i am rooting for the cardinals to lose every game this year i want caleb williams <laughs> so let's tank and let's figure something out because Life we need a hard rough, man Life it is, is it is and that's why i'm like i mentioned i'm pseudo rooting for the lions uh okay we'll put a, we'll put a poll up on twitter and have everybody kind of vote on that at the end of the show so uh next question here comes from Dewey Dallas says Olave or Brandon Ayuk in an eight man. This one's easy for me. It's Olave. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. And I think I just want to add some, some notes here real quick. <clears throat> sorry if I clear your throat, get it out, brother. Sorry, and bring them, bring them good notes. <laughs> uh, Chris Olave last year, he, he was one of those guys that had a, a high average depth of target and he continued to do so with Derek Carr. And that's where Derek Carr has all of a sudden fell in love with lately is he likes a deep threat. And that's where that's Chris Olave right there. It's not the only deep thing he yeah. likes. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Um, but Chris Olave, he's one of those guys that I thought I had sneaky top 10 wide receiver finish in him. If if Derek Carr stays healthy. Um, and I, I still believe that with Ayuk, he was a great, obviously, he was a great play last week if you if you put him in. But let's not forget that Debo and Christian McCaffrey are still there. And so it's hard to project what the 49ers are going to do every week um, just because they have so many weapons, whereas Chris Olave is the guy. So Yeah, no, I was I was going to say the same thing. Like, you you struggle. Ayuk I- has been wonderful. I love Ayuk as a flex position, but to count on him consistently is not something I'm bought in on at this moment because you don't know. You don't know who's going to feast on a weekly basis. So I uh, versus Olave is the true wide receiver one for this team. Give me Olave. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the question. Thank you. Uh, next question comes from Bill Sawyer fan. Might be Sawyer's. Perhaps I typed that wrong. But regardless, we appreciate your question. And he asks Garrett Wilson or Scary Terry in the flex this week. This is sad. And I'm so sorry you have to deal with this Bill Sawyer's fan. This is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. Because Garrett Wilson was somebody that I was excited for. And, you know, we touched on this at the beginning of the episode, but it's a tough look. It's a really tough look for Garrett Wilson owners. You can just hear it on Slab's voice. He's, he's down. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. I'm a little sad. Yeah. I'm a little sad. I, I'll let you take this one away. Man, I knew you were <laughs> going to do this, too, because I'm, I'm just torn. I, I, you got to play Scary Terry. You got to play scary, Terry. Here's the problem with Garrett Wilson. 
It's his his arch nemesis, Zach Wilson, is the problem. Paired with the fact that the Jets are playing the Cowboys, and the Cowboys defense is absolutely no joke. We saw it last week, and I I don't expect that kind of performance on a weekly basis, but Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback. We know what Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson is not good. So you get another quarterback that is not good, kind of like Daniel Jones. I don't want to say Daniel Jones is terrible because he didn't have time, but Daniel Jones has his own slew of problems, and so does Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson can't play football well. So that is my overarching concern. I don't hate Garrett Wilson most weeks in a flex position, but playing against the Dallas offense, I don't trust Zach Wilson. Give me scary Terry. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. And I'm just going to add that Denver shut down the Raiders run offense last week, and I expect them to kind of do the same against Washington, which is going to force Sam Howell to throw the ball, um, which should in turn mean more volume for those wide receivers. And, I'm a big scary Terry guy, especially if he's healthy. Give me scary Terry. All right, you sounded kind of, you sounded kind of sad about that too. I just want to point that out. You sounded just a little sad. It's, it's a sad situation, you know. I'm thinking it about is. my boy A Rod. It is. We appreciate the question, Bill Sawyer fan. Thank you. Uh, last question today, Yeti, and then we are done for the day. Comes from FMH four three four. He says this: Raheem Mostert, mm. does he keep him or? Does FMH434 swap him out for Devin A-Chain? Devin A-Chain's just chilling on the waiver wire, and he's trying to think about the future. That's smart. Welcome to fantasy football. I love thinking about the future. I'm not good at it because I don't have a big old galaxy brain, but I try. What would you do here? Would you would you uh, swap him out and get Devin Achain, or what are you thinking? You know, Mostert, as you mentioned just a moment ago, he is someone that is kind of going through some injury concerns. He's 31 years old. He saw 10 attempts last week for 37 yards, salvaged his day with a touchdown. Would you look at just swapping him out? He he uh, he didn't practice today. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking? I mean, would you would you do this? Um. I don't necessarily know the answer to this question just because I'm trying to decide if this is like a dynasty league. If, if no, I think it's, it's I think it's a redraft. If, is it okay? Devin, so Devin if it's probably. redraft, I say you just hold on to Mostert. And I say that because Jeff Wilson is another guy in this running back room. And while he's not present right now, and we don't know if he's going to come back, he's expected to come back after four weeks. And if he does come back, this running back room just gets a little messier. So I'm going to hold on to Dev. Dev, I was going to say Devin Mostert. Devin Mostert. But (laughs) I think you have to hold on to Mostert here. We have to pray. You know, they play, I think, Sunday night. So that gives them a little more time to heal up from whatever he's dealing with. So if he continues to get the volume and this explosive offense and especially the red zone touches, I like Mostert. So hold on to Mostert unless something changes throughout the week. Here's uh, I'm going to give you some different advice. Yep. I feel like we're a hotline here and we're just we're giving everybody unsolicited advice, but they asked for it. So it's fine. I would drop it. I think I would do it if you're not counting on him as as any sort of playable person. So if Raheem Mostert is just a bench piece for you, I would be fine doing that because I don't think Raheem Mostert makes it through the season. And I don't say that with any ill wishes, but I think Devin A. Chain is going to get more involved in this offense as the season progresses. So if you're not counting on him in the next two weeks for running back usability, I don't hate that thought because like you, I do try and plan for the future. And, and yet he brings up a really good point. Jeff Wilson is going to come back at some point, which muddies up this running back room anyway. So I would rather personally take the opportunity on the young guy that could end up carving out more of a role for himself than the old veteran who we know what he is and he's not wonderful. But I'm, I would say only do that if you don't need him in the next couple of weeks because Devin A. Chains, a, he would be somebody that's kind of a long-term hope and pray that he gets more used. And the we don't even know when A. Chain is going to be back either. He was inactive last week with the shoulder injury that he's been That's dealing true. with, with you know, since preseason. So it, that adds another, you know, question mark to the whole conversation. Is he going to be healthy at some point? You know, what's his role look like? What's when going he on is with healthy? What is in the water down there? It's been going on for the past couple Golly, of years man. there, man. I don't know. 
That's why they, they, and I'm interested to see this, you know, John Taylor, there's rumors that, you know, he's restarted some trading trade discussions with, uh, with teams. So question mark dolphin, John Taylor. I don't know. I mean, he's still on the pup list, so it's, it's a little ways out, but yeah, I think I would do it. I think if you're, like I said, if you're not counting on Raheem Mostert as a, a startable fantasy piece anyway, what do you got to lose? Mm-hmm. So I would do that, but that's just me. Yeti, I think that's it, buddy. I think that's all the questions. I think that's all the fantasy analysis to bring to the table for everybody. Good luck in week two, everyone. Good luck. Yes. Um, we uh, we are always here for you. Tweet us. DM us. Ask your questions, and we will do our absolute best. The Leather Brains team will to get you that answer you need for who you should start. And Scotty and I are, you know, maybe not this week. I'd have to touch base with him and see, but potentially we might do a, a Twitter live like 30 minutes for the game. And if anybody wants to join and have any, they're not called Twitter live. I forget what they're called. Circles or something. X circles, baby. X circles. That sounds very pornographic, <laughs> uh, but you in the circle, <laughs> but we might do one of those and, uh, and help people set up their lineups and give advice that is uh, requested. So we'll see what his schedule looks like, but Yeti, let's get out of here, buddy. We are, out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.